It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At this point in the season, should the BYU football program just push all the chips in on their future at quarterback, meaning starting Jake Retzloff, even if Keaton Slovis is cleared to play? We're talking about that and answering your questions in a listener mailbag, all ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for making time for us, and thank you, of course, to all of you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, once again, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU, and today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. They have been helping us out for a few months now. They are a daily fantasy sports partner of ours, and they are the biggest uh, daily fantasy sports uh, platform out there. Check it out, my friends. It's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. I was down at BYU Football Media Availability on Wednesday, and the offensive coaches, when they have their full media availabilities during the week, speak on Wednesday. That means that Aaron Roderick came out, also had a chance to catch up with Keelan Marion and Connor Pay in the general media sessions, but uh, more of what I wanted to focus on as we start today's show is what Aaron Roderick had to say. He told the media that uh, as of Wednesday, that Jake Retz was going to be the starter for BYU against Iowa State. Uh, he said that there's still a chance that Keaton Slovis uh, could be cleared in time to play or be available against Iowa State, but they were moving forward with uh, Jake Retzloff to be their starting quarterback against the Cyclones. So as I was thinking about it, and something I've just kind of been pondering since uh, that media session got over is, all right, we're looking at this, and Aaron Roderick did say that they had plans. They didn't necessarily have plans to start Jake Retzloff uh, in these final four regular season games, the month of November, etc. Uh, but they did have plans to get him on the field to see what he's capable of doing. Now, they're going to get a lot more uh, of, of a look at him because he started at least this game against West Virginia, and it's looking like he is in line to start against Iowa State. But I, I think at this point, wouldn't you just say, you know what, push all your chips in on Retzloff and make him the guy uh, for BYU? you moving forward. Uh, nothing against Keaton Slovis. I, I think he's actually been an absolute uh, great ambassador for BYU coming in as a grad transfer, uh, had been at two other programs, came in and was very humble and uh, very accessible to the media, uh, really has uh, put, put, put his best foot forward in terms of uh, just being a part of the program. This is a guy who could have come in and said, I'm your QB1, uh, This is it's my way or the highway, but it doesn't seem like from my vantage point he's ever taken that that type of a tone or that approach to being QB1 of BYU. But at this point, he's only got this year to play for the Cougars, and we have three regular season games remaining for BYU with one bowl game potentially looming out there if they can pick off one win down the stretch, or one or more wins, I should say, down the stretch uh, run of this season. So it's my personal feeling that at this point, you know what Keaton Slovis offers to you. Obviously, he had some very, very thrilling moments uh, during his time at BYU, also some low moments as well. It was kind of 
the whole storyline, it seems like, of his college career. But at this point, if you're Aaron Roderick and the offensive brain trust, including Kalani Satake, I'm sure that uh, Fessy Satake has his uh, role uh, to play and uh, say as well as the passing game coordinator. Wouldn't you say, you know what, if Keaton Slovis is anywhere near uh, in terms of uh, being ruled out or just being injured, not 100%, why wouldn't you push all the chips in on Jake Ratzloff? He is the quote-unquote future for you at the quarterback position, and you'll probably want to get as many data points in terms of evaluating him down the stretch run of this season, even if uh, they lose out this season. You still get those data points, and that can point you in the direction of saying, okay, we need to either hit the transfer portal once again, we've got our guy, we have our legit QB1 for next year, or we need to find uh, another way, essentially. that That's the interesting part about this whole conundrum that has kind of evolved here. And I don't think it's necessarily uh, that uh, controversial, uh, frankly. I really do think that Jake Retzloff deserves to have this opportunity to show what he's capable of doing. He is going to be in the running at minimum to be the starting quarterback next year for the BYU football program. And like I said, getting as many looks at him and putting him in those live game situations against upper echelon Big 12 teams, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, two of those teams are ranked, speaking of the two Oklahoma schools, and then whoever it is, might whoever it might be in the bowl game, you're looking at this saying, okay, we're going to get a real clean look at if this guy can thrive against this level of competition or if we might need to look, like I said, at other options in terms of maybe hitting the transfer portal once again, looking at other options on your roster. Uh, a lot of people think that Ryder Burton could be a future option for BYU as soon as next season. Like, There's a lot of uh, variables in all of this. But it is my personal feeling that at this point in the season, with how late it is and what you've seen from Keaton Slovis versus what you've seen from Jake Retzloff, I just push it all in. I, I would say I'm going all in on Jake Retzloff. You are QB1 without a doubt. Keaton, thank you. Really appreciate what you've done for the university. Hope you can understand that. And we will do our absolute darndest. I'm speaking as if I'm Aaron Roderick or Kalani Satake. We'll do our absolute darndest to talk you up to NFL scouts, executives, uh agents, whatever it may be, to help you find a landing spot when it comes to your future in the NFL. But we're gonna we're we're turning towards the future at this point. But we'll see. I I am interested to see if they can kind of thread the needle with all this because I, I I don't think you go play uh, QB roulette in these final couple of weeks of the season, but who knows? It's just an interesting conversation that popped into my head listening to Aaron Roderick talk about this. Uh, it sounds like they're hoping that Keaton Slovis can get cleared, but yeah, I guess I just, I think you say, thank you, Keaton. Appreciate all you've done. Appreciate uh, you taking a gamble on coming here and obviously doing your thing here, but it is time now that we turn uh, towards our future. We have to be a little bit selfish in this circumstance, and it's not fair to you, obviously. It's not fair to, to a player when you, you bench them when it comes to injury versus performance. Now, there's, it could be argued that there was a performance factor in all of that decision to start Jake Retzloff against West Virginia. But I think you just you turn towards the future. You go with number 12, and you say, you're QB1. Uh, let's get you set up for as much success as possible, and we'll see where everything uh, kind of falls in terms of just the overall outcome of this season. So interesting conversation, like I said. And I'm, I, I welcome your guys' feedback. What do you guys think? Should it be Jake Retzloff? Should he be QB1 the rest of the year, even if Keaton Slovis is cleared? Or are you in the camp, like some people are, that if you lose your job due to injury, you don't lose your starting position once you're cleared to return to action? Should he regain his starting spot, uh, bar none? Now, Kalani Satake and Aaron Roderick have both said that he would have to earn back that starting job via his performance in practice. They said that's been a standard in the program for some time. So 
yeah, I, I don't think there's a clean, clear-cut answer on it, but I welcome your guys' feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys, so let me know. Drop them in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, drop us a note on X, a.k.a. Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can also email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Let, let me know your thoughts. It would be interesting to hear what you guys have got in terms of that conversation. All right, coming up here in just a moment, it is your guys' time to shine. Uh, we threw out the clarion call on social media on X last night, uh, a.k.a. Twitter, uh, to get your guys' Uh, listener mailbag questions. Uh, we'll get to those here in just a moment. Of course, real quick, let's get a word in on our friends over at uh, Jace Medical. Now, Jace Medical has been working with us and they want to help you guys out in terms of just being ready for the future. We all know this. Uh, we want, all want to be a little bit uh, safer when it comes uh, to whatever might happen. We all see the unrest going on in the world, all kinds of natural disasters. There's uh, nations invading other nations. It's just, it's a crazy crazy world out there. And that's what Jace Medical is here to do. They have, are helping you guys out with having five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use at, available at all times. All it takes to get Jace cases to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. Then you get ongoing care from their physicians and any treatment related questions answered for you guys. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. It's absolutely incredible. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues uh, had caused me to cut pills in half to save it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are local. That our, our prices are lower than our local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love need some peace of mind by having your supply of any daily medication or medications, JaceMedical.com uh, can help you guys out. Go see if it's offered for you today. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your purchase. Once again, promo code Locked On at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com for twenty dollars off your order. It's all courtesy of your friends over at Jace Medical. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes. We were talking with Perry, talking about Perry for quite some time now. Best part about Perry is they've got all the options for you guys as a home builder, home buyer, whatever it is. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a home for you, my friends. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. they got communities, home designs, and price points all designed with you in mind as a consumer. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front and multiple communities in Washington. County near St. George as well. If you're looking to get down to Red Rock Country, they offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories of townhomes as well. You know, even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to get uh, going right away. And they are offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender right now as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you for being everydayers with us on the podcast. A reminder for you guys, if you'd like to be entered to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game, a, a basketball game, BYU men's basketball taking on number 17-ranked San Diego State at the Marriott Center, I've got a pair of tickets. Real easy and real simple to get entered to win. Uh, leave us a rating and review if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of great listeners on YouTube. A number of you have smart devices. They have a native uh, app where you use uh, Spotify. Get on whatever podcasting platform you use outside of YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're on our regular podcast feeds. Leave us a five-star rating as well as a review of what you like about the show or a comment or two. What you, what do you have, whatever you got. Send me documentation of you having done that and uh, send it to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You're entered to win. I will contact the winner tonight. So I'm going to give the, the cutoff to be like, let's say five or six, let's say five o'clock, 
6 o'clock Mountain Time. <laughs> I'm getting a little uh, up in my head. But 6 o'clock Mountain Time, I will uh, collect all the entries at that point, uh, toss them in a random number generator, and then uh, shake it up a little bit as they do digitally, and they'll spit out a number, and that'll be the winner. I'll contact you via email and get you those tickets. You can go out to the Marriott Center and enjoy some BYU basketball tomorrow night against a top-level uh, opponent in San Diego State. So once again, uh, leave us a rating interview, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast provider you happen to be listening on or frequent, and just send me documentation. That, and simple as that. You're entered to win. Send it to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, uh, let's talk about your guys' questions. Just sending all these in. Uh, first one comes in. I asked for them on social media yesterday. Uh, Steve Carlisle, Scuttlebutt1, says, What's your take on why the lack of urgency to fix issues? It's been evident all season long on the offensive side of the football. So many operational issues between formations, personnel packages, substitutions, timeout management, etc. Uh, Steve, to answer your question, I honestly think you have to look at uh, or listen to what Connor Pay talked about on yesterday's podcast. I, I think that he has acknowledged that there's been too many people that for whatever reason have not been on the same page at the same time. And that goes including the coaches because the timeout management and stuff, those coaches need to be looking at the play clock and realizing, hey, we're down to X number of seconds. We got to get this play call in and I uh, got to get, get the ball snapped. So uh, just I, I wish I had a good answer for you, but I think it's just in a cavalcade of just errors, guys not being on the same page, as I mentioned, and just not necessarily uh, being uh, ready to go in the moment, which is it's an indictment. It's not a good look. I, I will freely admit that. Uh, but it just feels like they, they, they're trying to get it right, but for whatever reason have not f- struck the right the right tone or the right balance. I don't know what it is. And Aaron Roderick did say that he thinks that uh, maybe so much reliance on the transfer portal did kind of uh, uh, upset the apple cart, as as they say, with regards to how the offense has been performing to a degree. It's interesting. So, uh, interesting question, but I wish I had a better answer for you, Steve. That's that's what I got. All right, next in Royal Blue Sawara, Royal underscore B underscore Sawaro says this, is the bigger issue with the O-line the coaching and scheme or the talent evaluation, i.e. who should be starting, etc.? Both? Uh, I I do think that the the coaching and scheme at times has been a little bit wonky. I I don't mean to come down hard on a guy like Daryl Funk, but uh, ultimately when when your position group underperforms, like the offensive line has been, it comes down on that position coach, and Daryl Funk's got to answer for that. Now, also, I think some of the evaluation of who should be starting has been suspect, to to be frank. I I do not understand how Caleb Etienne is still on the football field for BYU. I, I'm I'm not gonna say that I I have any influence over that because obviously I do not. I, I'm a lowly podcaster. I am not on the inside of the BYU football program as much as I would like to be. It'd be that fly on the wall. But uh, yeah, I do think there's been a little bit of a misevaluation of who ultimately that right balance has been. But these are the guys who their livelihood uh, depends on uh, th- their performance, and these are the guys they are throwing out there. So. Maybe they're just the best BYU's got, and it's not been the right mix, and they're just ha- having to make do with it. I would hope at some point it all comes together, but we're nine games in at this point. We're three-quarters of the way through the season, and it just it seems a little bit crazy. All right, uh, next one. Bryce on BYU Podcast. Bryce on BYU on Twitter. Well, Bryce, I'd love to collaborate with you on a podcast if you got a podcast going, but uh, reach out to me. Let's do that. It says, it just me, or does it feel like the route running scheme for our wide receivers is kind of basic? Why is that? And we're having trouble running. We should have more mesh routes, check down options, and generally just more short routes to get Get better third downs. Uh, I'll tell you this, Bryce. If you've rewatched some of these games, especially the Texas game, in the moment I said this on the postcast, I was like, "Where are the crossing routes?" And then I watch rewatch the.
the game, there were a ton of crossing runs. A lot of mesh concepts were run by BYU in that Texas game because Houston had absolutely scorched uh, te- uh, Texas the week before with those uh, mesh routes. And for whatever reason, Keaton Slovis was hesitant to pull the trigger on any of them. I- I'm dead serious. You can go back and watch it if you want to if on your DVR. Watch all the guys going across the middle of the field and Keaton Slovis like double clutching or just flat out not looking their way. That's an indictment a little bit more on Keaton Slovis and him not maybe seeing the middle middle of the field as well as he could. But I'm with you. You could uh, probably have a few more uh, route combinations that have more, I guess you mentioned, kind of intermediate to short routes uh, that get you three to five to seven yards and obviously set you up in better situations. But I do think the route running scheme is actually pretty extensive for BYU. You know, Fessy Satake, he prides himself on his guys being able to do everything that's asked of them in this offense that there's no limitations, but... I would like to see, yeah, the mesh concepts, they are there. And maybe Jake Rutzloff can unlock that a little bit. We'll see what happens. All right, Sonny Coogs, at Sonny Coogs. I like the name, Sonny Coogs. Can our offensive line improve this season? Yes. What's our chances at a bowl game? I don't know who we beat. Maybe Iowa State? I would say it's a... 50-50 proposition, you've got to beat Iowa State this weekend if you want to do what it feels like. But I'm not going to count BYU at any game, really, because Oklahoma's sudden, suddenly a little floundering a little bit. And who knows what happens if you go in uh, desperation mode. Uh, it, say you're 5-6 and six going into Oklahoma State and you're just in full-out desperation mode. What happens? But I'd say it's 50-50 maybe in terms of that. Uh, next question. Looking at the future, what incoming receiver slash running back talent do we have? It's a great question. I need more time to research that. I'll get back to you on that one, Sonny and then what is the foundation of BYU's problems? Coaching, culture, or talent? And what is our team identity? Jeez, those are all great questions, Sonny Coogs. Uh, the foundation of BYU's problems, I think there's just been a, kind of a collection of it. I, I mentioned Aaron Roderick thinks that maybe relying too heavily on the uh, transfer portal to a degree is uh, kind of uh, affected the how te- the team is gelled on offense to a degree. Uh, there have been some c- curious uh, coaching decisions, I would say, all season long. The culture, to me, I don't think it's necessarily a culture issue. I, I think the BYU's got a pretty strong culture, knowing what I know of the football program. And to answer your question about the team's identity, if they knew it, I think we'd all know it. I, I really don't know if they'd necessarily know what their identity is right now. All right, next question. Nick Lee, our good friend, obviously was a part-time host of Locked on Seahawks uh, here on the network. Who has the better chance to win, football versus Iowa State or basketball versus San Diego State? Uh, give me football versus Iowa State. I just don't see BYU basketball being San Diego State in hoops. Now, I've got a much smaller sample size of BYU basketball because they've only played one real game. and They absolutely smoked Houston Christian on Monday night, but I I would give football the nod there. That, that Simple as that. Um, let's see. Uh, next one. Nicholas Chadwick, since you brought it up, uh, who would you have as your top three offensive line coaches to replace Funk? Great question. Uh, I think there would be a bunch of names out there, but I could throw out names. And honestly, I've done this before, and none of the names I have mentioned have ever come true. But I would think of names like maybe a Ryan Pugh that revisit. Obviously, he's working at Abilene Christian, if I recall correctly right now, after his controversy with the blackface scandal he he had uh, affect him. Uh, I think that Andrew Mitchell uh, would be a guy to keep an eye on. He's from at New Mexico State, former Snow College head coach. He is a member of the LDS faith, has connections to the program and to Utah, obviously. Obviously, uh, but yeah, the, there are so many coaches out there that Kalani would have to tap into to be in a Kalani Satake. So we'll see what happens. Um, BYU four trade playoff bogey on locked on big 12 podcast. Drake toll said a rod should be fired. I don't think most of the fan base is there yet. Obviously the last two years have exposed some flaws in play calling and we continue to underutilize the tight end. Does a rod have it, what it takes to win at the power five level? Uh, 
That's a great question. Uh, A-Rod has been an offensive coordinator both at Utah now and at BYU at the Power 5 level. He has gone through the transition from the quote-unquote G5 or mid-major ranks to the Power 5 ranks and has been an OC at both both levels. I I, I think the, the, the... the, the jury is still out, and for uh, Drake to be calling for A-Rod to be fired at this point nine games in the season, that's extremely premature. Well, I've said this once, I'll say it again. If you were to fire a guy who has put quarterbacks, the last two quarterbacks he has coached up, he's put them into the NFL. Both of them have been starting quarterbacks at this point because uh, Jaron Hall got the start last week, and Zach Wilson obviously starting for the New York Jets. If you were to go and ax that guy nine games in, or maybe the first year you're in the Power 5 ranks, what offensive play caller slash offensive coordinator slash potential coordinator hire would be like, you know what I want to do? I want to walk into that pressure cooker situation. It just completely asinine, in my opinion, to do that. That's, uh, But I, I digress. All right. Uh, let's get through a couple more of these before we uh, take another time out here. Uh, let's see. Uh, next one, Mark Dalton Dunn. When should we retire the numbers of Jimmer, Kyle Van Noy, and Fred Warner? Uh, Jimmer yesterday, uh, KVN soon, and Fred... Uh, Let's give Fred just a... Okay, actually, I'll say this. Jimmer should be done already because outside of Danny Ainge and some of the, like, Roland Minson and Mel Hutchins and whatnot, who are, the, who are any of the other biggest M, uh, BYU basketball players just in terms of impact on the, on the basketball program? There aren't any. Retired number 32 already, put it up in the rafters of the Marriott Center. With KVN and Fred, you got to wait until their playing career ends, it feels like, but I do think that you'll see number three from KVN, that jersey, and then obviously Fred's number four uh, up on the Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the press box area. Uh, it'll be up there in, in due time, but uh, I would give them until at least after they're done playing uh, in their NFL careers. That's, that's at least my opinion. All right, Big Uncle Pooh says uh, this. Which of the next three games will BYU football get their sixth win to be bowl eligible? And if they win two of the next three games, is all forgotten? That's a great question. I, I think the number one is, uh, to answer your first question, it's Iowa State. They, they're the easiest it feels like to pick off if, if you're going to uh, kind of rank them out. Now, if you win two of the next three, I do think there would be some actually much better feelings for BYU, honestly, from the fan base. It would have redeemed them a little bit. They would have been a ranked opponent in that run, obviously, if they were to win two of the next three. And, heck, if they win the next three, I'm guaranteeing that – all is forgiven. But, uh, yeah, I think that it would uh, have a lot of people feeling a lot better because as we talk about all the time on this podcast, winning cures all ills. So uh, one of those interesting things. All right, we'll get to some more of these questions as we round out today's edition of the show. Before we do that, though, I do need to get a word in on our friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks is one of our new locals, not local sponsors, but one of our new sponsors here on the podcast. They are the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, and it's you—it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players on any given game, you pick uh, two to six players, their stat projections, and over-under on the stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. It's simple as that. Right now, they are, the, they are just making it as simple as they possibly can. The best part is you can win up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during the basketball season, too. You pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It can be uh, placed in less than 60 seconds. You can do, like I mentioned, a across the basketball and the football world and combine the two if you want to meld the NBA and the NFL or college football and college basketball together. They even offer a reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players get 
players get injured, excuse me. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half uh, due to injury, etc., that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, my friends. So take advantage of it now. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Put 100 bucks in, get 100 bucks from Prize Picks. 200 bucks to play with. It's simple as that. Pricepicks.com slash locked on college. You started today. Use that promo code locked on college to get that first deposit match up to $100. Once again, it's all courtesy of your friends over at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Thursday uh, whenever you guys are tuning into this. Uh, it's been a little bit of a crazy weather week here along the Wasatch Front. I'm uh, wearing a hoodie today. It's just when I was recording, it was a pretty cold day today, but I am ready for hoodie season. Uh, it's one of the times of year, obviously, it means it's a lot colder here along the Wasatch Front, but... I'm ready for it. I think I'm ready for it. Now, I'll probably be complaining like a week or two into that when it actually truly gets here. But nonetheless, uh, let's do this thing. All right. Uh, so a couple of notes real quick before we talk about uh, what is happening and actually not what's happening in BYU Sports. We'll get to that right now. But we'll get to more of your questions here in a moment. But I do want to say congratulations to Tom Homo, BYU's athletic director. Uh, the National Football Foundation and College Football College Hall of Fame, excuse me, announced that Tom Homo, the director of athletics at Brigham Young University, will be the the recipient of the 2023 NFF John L. Toner Award. He'll officially be honored December 5th during the 65th NFF Annual Awards di- Dinner presented by Las Vegas at the Area Resort and Casino. Uh, and in this res- in this uh, release from the NFF, uh, NFF President and CEO Steve Hatchell says that Tom Holm was led BYU Athletics with a singular passion for helping student-athletes pursue their dreams in one of the top educational environments in the country. As a former safety at BYU and then a head coach at Cal, he knows firsthand the keys to success at the college level and his thoughtful and methodical approach has allowed him to become one of the most influential athletic administrators in the country. We are honored, or excuse me, we are thrilled to honor him as the 2023 Toner Award recipient. Uh, first presented in 1997, John Toner Award recognizes athletic directors who have demonstrated superior administrative abilities and shown outset at, man, outstanding dedication to college athletics and particularly college football. This is a no-brainer for me, uh, speaking of Tom Homo. He has been an absolute incredible athletic director for BYU, led them through all kinds of things, led them from uh, the Mountain West into the uh, independent era, and obviously from the independent era into the Big 12, put them in the West Coast Conference and their Olympic sports. He's uh, navigated all kinds of different situations the BYU Athletics has found itself in. So just want to say a public congratulations to Tom Homo, a great leader, a great man, and uh, obviously well-deserving uh, of this honor. So congratulations to him. Also, congratulations uh, to all the BYU uh, Athletics programs who signed players on National Early Signing Day yesterday. 
yesterday. Uh, women's soccer had six new signings. Uh, men's tennis had two. Uh, geez, I think we also had, oh yeah, Mark Pope announced the signings of both Isaac Davis as well as Brooks Barr uh, to join the BYU men's basketball program. Men's golf announced two signings. So congratulations to all the athletes living their dream and signing with BYU Athletics. It's it's kind of a unique experience. No matter what sport you play, the chance to sign your name on that dotted line, that national letter of intent, and play for the college you've chosen to play for, it, it means a lot to a lot of student athletes. So congratulations to all of you out there. I, I don't expect many of them will be watching this podcast, but want to issue a public congratulations to all of them for signing with BYU and looking forward uh, to the future for all of them. All right. Uh, a couple more questions. I'm not going to get to all these on today, I, I don't think. But we'll, we'll answer them in quick succession here and get to as many as we possibly can before in the time remaining. Uh, let's see. Uh... Jeff Benware, are we sold on? Are we really sold on Daryl Funk as our offensive line coach going forward? And is it pretty reasonable to blame him for plenty of the O line struggles? Uh, you can blame him for for some of the struggles. I would agree. The coaching obviously is going to uh, the coach has to step up when things aren't going right, and the offensive line has not been right all season long. So I think it does fall at the feet of uh, of Daryl Funk, and he's got to get things right. So uh, if you want to blame it. You can lay it there because that's the guy who ultimately has to answer for it. Uh, Zach, Zach underscore Zilla BYU. Do you know why we haven't seen much of, if any at all, of Jackson Bowers yet? A lot of fans highlight the QB and O-line struggles, but I feel like Isaac Rex has dropped off after a great start. Uh, according to Aaron Roderick yesterday, that uh, Jackson Bowers is not currently on the depth chart for BYU at tight end. For whatever reason, he is playing some special teams, according to A-Rod. But, uh, yeah, I would not expect to see him this year. A lot of times it's hard for freshmen to make that transition from playing high school football to Division one, especially in this case, Power 5 football. I, I think Jackson Bauer is just a matter of time before he is in the mix. I don't think that Isaac Rex has dropped off that much. Personally, I just don't think he's necessarily been targeted as much as he was early on in the year for whatever reason. That's my personal thought. All right, uh, Aggie fan Dan, our good friend, the resident Aggie fan who loves this podcast. Dan, you are a legend for uh, bearing with me for the however many years you've been listening. But he says, are you going to soccer, basketball, or both on Friday? I wish you could get tickets to soccer, but it is sold out. So I'll see if I can watch them all from home alongside the Utah Jazz. Uh, frankly, I have not covered soccer this year in person. I will be keeping tabs on it from afar as I will be at the Marriott Center uh, watching BYU and San Diego State play hoops. Also have the Utah Jazz probably uh, pulled up as well. I'll be doing like you, but... I will be on site at the Marriott Center covering BYU hoops. Uh, Garrett, uh, do you expect BYU to go heavy in the portal this upcoming offseason with incoming players? Based on what Aaron Roderick said, I actually don't think they'll go as heavy as they did this past uh, year in terms of recruiting out of the portal. They will still use it. You'd be dumb not to because obviously you're going to have guys leave the, via the portal. That just is part of the calculus these days. I just don't think they'll be as heavy in terms of trying to supplement the roster as maybe they had been uh, this past season because uh, I think Aaron Roderick's uh, comments speak to the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily uh, a perfect uh, match for BYU on that front. Alright, I think the final question here, and if I didn't get to all of them, I apologize. Uh, I, I'm running out of time here, but Jay Smith at Smitty underscore J1. The offense takes the field for the first time on Saturday and Caleb Etienne is lined up on the O-line. What's your reaction? Uh, my reaction is hmm, indifference. Uh, upset, not pleased because he was not good. <laughs> He's not been good all season long. He's been darn near unplayable, if not outright unplayable. But uh, with how this offensive line has been going this season, I'm also not going to be surprised in a way. So that's probably going to be a mixture of all those emotions all balled up into one. But uh, I would imagine a number of you are not going to be pleased with that, as I don't think you should be because, like I said, he's just not been He's not been uh, Power 5 caliber for whatever reason. So there you go. All right. So 
that's what that's where we'll end it today. Thank you uh, once again for all of you guys' support of the podcast. Cannot thank you guys enough uh, for joining us every single day. As I say often, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers as well with us. And once again, if you want to win those tickets, your final chance to get in on those uh, San Diego State giveaway, locked on BYU at gmail.com. Give us documentation. You've subscribed uh, to the show. I guess, uh, no, not subscribed. Rated and reviewed. So leave us a five star rating as well as a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And of course, you'll be entered to win. We'll get, we'll get in contact with the winner later on this evening. So enjoy whatever's left of your Thursday whenever you hear this. Hope you guys are all doing well. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you guys again soon. See ya. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.